0: good morning, South Hills. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. Uh, Glad to hear it. Uh, I'm Chris. Hi. Hi. Uh, Sometimes I just say things uh, and we'll figure out why at some point in the future. Uh, No, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, I'm the campus pastor here at our Costa Mesa campus. And thank you guys for spending part of your Sunday here. I know it's summer. Uh, It was really overcast this morning when I got here and I just went out before uh, this service and it's like now humid outside. So that's cool. Uh, Perfect day to go to the beach and enjoy some cool weather and water and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, We are in a series with a very odd name, breath, doves, clouds, and fire. Um, And uh, what we're talking about though is the Holy Spirit. These are four metaphors that we find in scripture that scripture uses to describe uh, and define who the Holy Spirit is and the way that the Holy Spirit shows up and acts and moves and speaks in our lives. And so I want to just do something a little bit different today. Uh, when, as we get started, uh, I would love to take a moment just to take a breath um, and to pause. Uh, I did a wedding on Friday night, and one of the things I always say at weddings when the couple gets up to the front and they fix her dress and she hands off flowers and the guy pulls himself together is uh, that it's really difficult to find just a moment to breathe in the months and hours before a wedding ceremony. And so there's like this relief that just kind of comes. And, uh, and and so I always just take a second, let them breathe. And I, I think that I want to do that same thing here today for us, because I'm sure you've already had a whole day of uh, getting kids up and ready and getting here and, you know, Perfecting your coffee mixture cream sugar, you know the right complexion all these types of things Uh, And so I would just love to pray for a second just to give us a chance to breathe to reset to to be fully here Because I I believe that God wants to speak to each of us this morning And uh, I want us to make sure that we can do what we uh, We're able to do the part that we can to prepare ourselves for that. So let's let's bow our heads for just a moment Take a breath God, I'm grateful for today. I'm grateful for this church that I get to be a part of, this community that I have uh, grown to love and just understand as friends and family. Um, I pray that as we dig into this topic today and, and try to learn more about who the Holy Spirit is and the Holy Spirit's role in our lives, I pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts. I think one of the things that I always want to remember and remind myself of and, and each one of us of is that none of us have arrived or figured it all out. You want to speak to and encourage and, and, and care for each person that's in this room, each person that's watching online. Uh, you have something in our hearts and our minds and our lives that you want to, um, to direct to. You want to help us grow. You want us to. You want to see us overcome, and it's all possible through you, through your Spirit. I just pray this morning that you would speak to us, that we would be open to hearing your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, have you ever found yourself in a situation or in a scenario where uh, you've wanted to say something or maybe do something, but you just didn't quite have the courage to do that thing? Um, when I was about twenty, I was really into this idea of going skydiving um, and i didn 't go when I was twenty and then the next year I was like maybe i 'll do it this year and then i didn 't do it that year and every year that went by, I wanted to do it like ten percent less and now i want to go I want to go skydiving like negative. or, you know, whatever the number is. Uh, There's just, I have no, there's no part of me that wants to do that at at any level anymore. Uh, And and we have like, I mean, maybe there's big things or serious things, but there's also smaller and less serious, less uh, consequential things than jumping out of an airplane. Um, I I know if you're anything like me, you have a favorite restaurant and at most of those favorite restaurants, or maybe it's even a favorite fast food place, like you have your favorite thing to get. And every once in a while, you're tempted to try something new, but you don't because you're terrified. What if it's not as good as the thing that I love? Uh, I don't want to waste $18. Um, I can't eat two meals today, you know, like that's ever stopped any of us before. But there's like, there's this, there's, you know, all these different things, this, this kind of confidence piece or uh, fear we just don't necessarily have the courage to, to do some of these things that we want to do. And they, again, they can be serious and big. They can be small and silly, all kinds of things. Uh, it happens, again, with the way that we talk, the way that we speak to other people. Um, a lot of times we don't have the courage to say the things that we want to say, um, about two weeks ago, we went to uh, Universal Studios. It was my older son's birthday, and he got very into Harry Potter last year, uh, started reading the books in December, and he's halfway through the last book now. Like, he's just, like, crushing the books, and we took him to Harry Potter, and I spent all of my money in Harry Potter world, <laughs> and um, while we were walking around... Universal Studios. And inevitably, uh, somebody ended up kind of cutting in line in front of us at one point. And obviously, being the man that I am, I said nothing uh, at all. (laughs) Uh, Because I'm just not wired in that way. Um, But my wife however, is very confident and courageous, and she didn't say anything either. Uh, it was fine, but, but we're wired different ways. Everybody's wired different ways. Uh, she's not here today. She's celebrating her sister's 50th birthday, so I can tell all kinds of stories about Ez. Uh, like, for example, another way that she's more confident and courageous than I am, she's been waging a war against the bus driver for our kids' summer camp for the last week. Uh, I won't get into the details, but. Uh, let me just give you this little picture. Um, she pulled our golf cart up directly in front of the school bus so he wouldn't leave without our kids the other day. So <laughs> that's the amount of confidence that she has either in herself or our golf cart. I don't know which one it is. Um, but there's these things that, you know, we want to say that we, we kind of struggle to have the, the courage or the confidence. There's these things that we want to do. And, again, they can be all kinds of different levels. But the reality is that fear... Is at the root of so many things that we do, but also so many of the things that we don't do is also driven and defined by fear. We, We don't necessarily think of it that way. We don't like to acknowledge it that way because none of us really want to be afraid or feel like fear defines or decides things for us. But the reality for every one of us is that fear plays a massive role in each one of our lives, and it defines or decides so much of what we do or what we don't do, what we say or what we don't say. Fear is embedded into our lives. Many of us are afraid of change so we don't take a step into unknown territory because you know what if it's not as good as i'd hoped what if it doesn't go the way that i wanted it to we can be fearful of loneliness and it causes us to stay in an unhealthy relationship an abusive relationship a damaging relationship because we just we're more afraid of being alone than we are of being in a relationship that slowly erodes away at who we are as individuals We can fear failure, so we refuse to take a risk. We can fear rejection, so we don't put ourselves out there. A lot of people are afraid of uncertainty. They're afraid of not knowing something. And for so many people, this makes us just decide, okay, well, I'm just going to believe this then or I'm just gonna agree with whatever the popular opinion is, or I'm just gonna find some way to explain it that I can, it can make sense in my mind because uh, even a ridiculous idea in my mind is more comfortable for me than being uncertain or not knowing the answer to something, not being able to understand why. People are afraid of something bad happening. We've talked about this before. So many people, they kind of live their lives always looking over their shoulder, like you're Jason Bourne or something, but instead of being chased by military experts, it's just like something bad's going to happen. I can feel it. I know. You know, things have been too good for too long. Something's going to happen now. We live in, in fear of this. We're afraid of being judged so we don't allow people to see who we really are. We put up walls to protect ourselves and maybe even to try and protect others because we're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid of being inadequate, so we overcompensate and puff ourselves up and try and seem funnier or more likable or bigger or better or whatever it is. Fear defines and drives so many decisions. The words we use, the ways we speak, the ways we act. So much of it comes from fear. And one of the things that trips us up is that we think in order to overcome fear, we just need to find more courage. Like we're uh, pirates. And if we can somehow like dig up enough courage, then we can overcome the fears in life. Uh, and it's, we're just kind of like floating between like, oh, I found some more courage. We're floating between these moments from kind of fear to fear, courage to courage, but there's never really enough courage to get us through. We think we just need to find more courage. But the reality is, is that courage isn't even the antidote to fear. Courage isn't the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear is love. It says this in a scripture. We're going to look at it in just a minute. But we think, you know, I just need to be more bold. I just need to be more courageous. I just need to have, uh, uh, you know, more strength, more confidence. Those are the things that allow me to overcome fear. And I was trying to think of the best way to illustrate this, and I don't know if this is a, best, a good way or a terrible way, but I just was thinking about uh, my younger son, he has a, a rotating cast of stuffed animals that he takes to bed with him. And uh, he's still kind of in the stage where I don't know if he's actually not a fan of the dark or if he's just not a fan of going to bed. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is. But he's always got a couple stuffed animals in there with him and he holds onto them really tightly so that he's not afraid. And I think in some ways, courage is kind of like a teddy bear for us. There's this sense of like, if I can find enough courage, I'll hold on to it so I can make it through this fearful thing. It's like a temporary way to ease some of the pain of fear. But love is, is so much more. Love is something on the other side of fear. It's greater than fear. Love is why people will run into a burning building to save someone. Love is when you hear these stories of parents who find enough strength to like lift up a car to get their child out from under it. Love is this powerful thing. it's, It's not something that we can just kind of hold on to in order to get through fear. Love actually blows fear apart. We do crazy things in crazy situations because of love. Now that I'm thinking about it, I should have played the power of love uh, from Back to the Future. I mean, that would have been the best way to really drive home this message. So, Ricky, if you can work on that and we can close with some good old uh, power of love. Courage is good to have. It's nice to have, but it's never going to be enough. Love sustains us, it empowers us, and it fuels us to overcome fear in complete ways. In 1 John chapter 4, it says it this way. It says, God has given us his spirit, which is what we're talking about. God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Essentially, what it's articulating is that be, the Holy Spirit is a way for you to know that God is with you and that you are loved by God and God lives in you and you are covered by God's grace, the sense of the spirit inside of you. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Such love has no what? Fear, because perfect love expels all fear. Love isn't something that you can hold on to to make it through fear, Love is something that you experience and you live in and it pushes away fear. It like clears the room of fear. It clears the path away from experiencing fear, perfect love. And this verse is one of those scriptures that you read it and if you read it too fast, you're like, wait, I think I read love or live too many times, but you didn't, we didn't. It is that closely connected. The way we're called to love is the way we're called to live And the way that we're called to live is in love. And when we live in love, it represents God's love and that God lives in us. And it pushes out and expels fear. The closer we can get to experiencing and holding on to and embracing perfect love, the less we experience fear, the, the, the less that fear defines and decides our lives for us. God is love And love is the opposite of fear, but we still often find ourselves paralyzed by fear in our lives. We're not the only ones though. Uh, After the crucifixion, after Jesus gave his life on the cross, they put him in the tomb and his closest friends and followers were terrified. They never believed it was going to happen. And they all scattered and they were hiding because what made the most sense in their minds at the time is, oh my gosh, they killed who we thought the Savior was, for sure they're coming for us next. And so they were terrified. They ran, they hid, they were trying their best. And then even after the resurrection, if you guys weren't here on Easter, spoiler alert, Jesus resurrected from the dead. (laughs) And We'll get into that next Easter again. I'm just kidding. Uh, After the resurrection, Jesus shows up and he's speaking to the disciples and he's speaking to his followers and and people see him and talk with him and they have breakfast with him and, and there's all of these experiences and they were still terrified. There was still fear. There was still doubt that they could actually do what God was calling them to do, what God was challenging them to do the way that God wanted them to live. There was still fear that was making their decisions for them. And so the first book after the Gospels, you know, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They tell firsthand accounts of Jesus's life. And then you have the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is speaking to the disciples after the resurrection. And he says, but you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, and he's telling them, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, essentially saying, you know, you'll be my witnesses. You'll tell people uh, everywhere about me, the people here in this town, the the people that are kind of outside of this town, in our county, if you will, and then all across the earth. And you're going to be able to do this because of the Holy Spirit. The nature of having the Holy Spirit is that you're going to have power. You're going to have something that's able to help you overcome, to navigate through fear. The fear of getting hurt, of being mocked, of being put in jail or prison or ridiculed or martyred or whatever it is. There's going to be a power that's inside of you that's able to overcome all of that. They are terrified and rightfully so. Jesus understands their humanity But there is a phrase that pastors have said forever, and it's kind of cheesy because it rhymes so well, but it is still so true. That God will empower you to do what God inspires you to do. God will give you the strength to pursue the things that he has called you to do. God will give you the power, the ability, the confidence, the the love. His spirit will live inside of you and it will allow you to do the things, to live the way, to speak to others, to to take the actions, to care for the people the way that he is calling you to do. Even though it seems terrifying and dangerous and scary, God didn't just say, hey, I want you to go tell everybody about me. Because let's be clear, you don't have to have miraculous strength to tell people something. You don't have to be able to heal someone to tell them something. Jesus says, I want you to go tell people about me. And I know that you're going to need power to do it because it will be terrifying. It will be scary. You will have fear around that. And God gives them his spirit to empower them to do what he is calling them to pursue. In Acts chapter 2, We pick up a few verses later. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Side note, still terrified, huddling, hiding, waiting for this power to show up. It says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Then a few verses later in verse 14, it says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Now, there's a couple of things here I just want to talk through because this is an important thing for us to understand. They're waiting. Jesus told them to wait, that he would give them a spirit. They're waiting, and all of a sudden the spirit comes into the room, and the first way they experience it is like this rushing wind. And if you actually were here last week, you know, we talked about how one of the metaphors the scripture uses about the Holy Spirit is breath. And the same word, uh, you know, in the Hebrew language is ruach, and it can be translated as breath or wind or spirit. When the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, I know you already know that, but they use the word pneuma, and it's the same thing. This word is breath, wind, spirit. So all of a sudden, in this room, they feel God's spirit come in, and then it says that what they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, essentially saying that there is like this flame kind of hovering above each of their heads. There is this blaze that is happening on top of each one of them, and it gives them this confidence, this power, this strength that causes Peter and the other ones that have been hiding, terrified to step out and preach the most powerful and the first sermon to the crowd that was ever delivered by the disciples. All of a sudden, there's this power to do this thing that was terrifying. There's a similar story in the Old Testament. Um, I think it's a parallel type of story. It's a story about Moses. Now, when Moses was younger, he was raised in Pharaoh's household, and he kind of came to realize that he actually was born as an Israelite, and uh, he saw an Egyptian kind of um, slaver uh, beating one of the slaves, and so Moses looked around and ended up killing this man, this Egyptian guard. Um, he's a little bit scared, a little bit nervous, and, and then that he finds out that some of the Israelites saw him do this, and So he gets really scared, and he flees. He runs away to the wilderness. He ends up finding uh, this, uh, well, he he gets married. He lives in this wilderness for 40 years, and he decides, I'm never going back there again. Raised in the palace, in Pharaoh's palace, all of the power, everything he could have at his fingertips, and he is terrified, and he decides, I'm just going to live in this wilderness. I'm going to start a family I'm going to be a shepherd and I'm just going to spend my time trying to make sure that we can all survive and make it from one season to the next. In the middle of this wilderness one day, he's walking around and he stumbles across this bush. And this bush is fascinating because in Exodus 3, it describes it as it is blazing with fire, but it is not being burned up. The spirit speaks to Moses through this fire. And all of a sudden, Moses, who had been hiding in a wilderness for 40 years, and I don't know if we're good at like picturing a wilderness um, because we know what like Palm Springs is. But it's like Palm Springs, but without pools (laughs) and without air conditioners. Uh, I don't know. I don't know a better way to explain wilderness. I mean, how terrified do you have to be to say like, okay, I'm just going to hide here forever in this place? This spirit speaks to Moses through this flaming bush, this burning bush. And all of a sudden, Moses has the power and the confidence to go and leave where he has been hiding for 40 years, walk back into Egypt, back past 400,000 Israelite slaves into Pharaoh's palace and say, let them go. This flame His voice gives him the power to do this thing that should have been terrifying. It's not Moses wasn't ridiculous for not wanting to do it. It's crazy. It makes no sense. But Spirit speaks through this flame and gives him a sense of power to do it. In Acts chapter 2, these guys are hiding. They're scared anything could happen. They have no idea to know what's going to happen. Who could put them in jail or kill them or turn them into martyrs or whatever it might be. But all of a sudden there is this flame that envelops over their heads and the spirit works through them. And all of a sudden there's this confidence to do this thing that they would have never done before. This power to live, to act, to speak on behalf of God, to live, do the things that God had called them to do. The men who are afraid and hiding in a room are suddenly bold enough to go into the streets and tell people they don't know about who Jesus was. Moses, who had been hiding out in a wilderness, he is suddenly bold enough to go and confront Pharaoh. There is this confidence or this boldness that seems to empower them, and it comes from the Holy Spirit when people become consumed with the desire to know God and to experience God and to represent God well, God's Holy Spirit starts to edge out these other fears and concerns and things that are distracting us. And it gives us the ability to do things that we probably never would otherwise. Um, A little bit later on in Acts chapter two, um, after the Holy Spirit comes and And they start speaking in these other languages. Uh, The crowd starts to laugh at them and make fun of them. And they start to say, well, I think they're all drunk, which is really a little bit silly. And I'm sure none of you have ever interacted with anybody who's had too much alcohol before. (laughs) So this will be a foreign kind of concept for you. But it's like, well, why would they think that they're all drunk? Um, And it's because drunk people do things that no sober person would ever do. They say things that people wouldn't normally say. They have, uh, as the famous song says, released their inhibitions. (laughs) They have a sense of confidence that they probably shouldn't have on their own. All of a sudden, there is this ability to do and say and act and, and show up in a way that no person in their right mind would ever do because how would they look at me or what would they think of me or, or whatever the scenario might be. And that's why Peter gets up and the beginning of his sermon starts off as, we're not drunk. Uh, just so you know, let me tell you about this God. God. He gets up with a sense of confidence and boldness to speak to people that he would never speak to otherwise, to have the courage that he would never have on his own to tell them about who this God is. They were consumed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the scriptures, there's a lot of places where the Holy Spirit shows up. Sorry about that. Um, and uh, it's described as fire, and it's always this kind of all-consuming type of fire, this powerful fire, this blaze. There's stories about uh, sacrifices that were consumed by a fire. There's stories about God's presence in a temple being this consuming fire over and over again. There's this, this, this idea that God's spirit is like burning away the excess. Um, at the beginning of this summer, uh, earlier on in June, Um, we went uh, camping in quotes. Uh, We stayed in like a tiny little cabin at a campground. Um, But uh, there was a fire. Uh, There was a fireplace, I guess I should say, a fire pit. And so we spent most of our time out there. There was uh, nine families that went that were all friends. We all kind of got these spots beside each other. There was, so 18 adults, 23 kids of varying ages um, and too much fire for it to have been a safe experience, uh, but inevitably all of the the boys snuck off to their own little fire pit and they just started burning things, <laughs> which is great. And uh, trying to find that balance of like, okay, like let's let them, you know, be adventurous and let's also not burn down the campground. And so we're trying to, but they're literally just like. Oh. What else could we throw in the fire? It was like they were putting everything they could find in the fire. And um, but obviously you can't go camping without making s'mores. And so we had like the s'more stick. And, and my kids, they're, they're so crazy. It's like they can do the grossest stuff in the world. And then all of a sudden there's like one thing that's too gross for them. And that thing on this trip was, uh, you know how when you roast a marshmallow over a fire for a s'more and you take the marshmallow off, there's like a little bit left on the stick? That was Gross. It's like, you guys are filthy. You haven't showered in a week. I don't think you own a brush, to- uh, toothbrush. Brush tooth. Uh, anyways, so we're sitting there, and I'm like, okay, getting frustrated with their challenges. And uh, I said, well, here is what you do. And I just take the stick with, like, the marshmallow stuff on the end, and I just put it in the fire. And you guys have probably done this before. And the fire just continues to burn off the marshmallow. And then I pulled it back out and they were amazed because all that was left was the the skewer for roasting this marshmallow. And I think in the same or similar way, this power of the Holy Spirit, the, the fire of God that lives in us, it is this consuming fire. And I grew up in a church tradition that when they would talk about the, the consuming fire of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, they would say it purifies and it burns away all the excess. But it was always talked about in the sense of you are filled with sin and grossness and dirtiness and God's going to burn it all away, which is terrifying as a child. Uh, and, and there is some truth there. We have brokenness. We have sins in our lives. There's things that God does want to remove from our lives and he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's not just sin and brokenness that God wants to remove through the power of Holy Spirit. It's also things like fear. It's things that are keeping us from experiencing the fullness and the wholeness of the life that God wants for us. There's not a single person in here that doesn't wrestle with fear. There's not a single person in here that hasn't, been impacted, made a choice, or said something, or not said something, or not done something because of the influence of fear in our lives. But God's spirit, the fire, burns up everything that is not like God so that all that remains is God. And as we looked at the scripture just a little bit ago, when all that remains is God, it is God living in you shows up as love and love cannot exist with fear. It boils down to this, the power of the Holy Spirit in you wants to purify you and get rid of the thing that is least like God. And I believe that that is fear. I believe it's fear. So many of the unhealthy choices that we make, that we're aware of, I still think that those choices, those decisions are still kind of rooted in a place of fear. God's spirit wants to cleanse us from that and wants to give us the power to overcome that fear. Nothing can stand in the way of perfect love. In Ephesians, there's a number of scriptures. There's too many. I've got way too many notes and not enough minutes left. But one of my favorite ones is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says... I ask him, talking about God, Paul's writing, I ask God to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly on what? Love. You'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love, reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, Plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. That God's spirit will give you strength to stand in love and experience the full life that God intends for you to experience. Not a life that's defined or directed or or kind of uh, plagued with fear deciding things for you, but a life where you're able to actually take steps and say things and show up in a way empowered by the spirit of God to live the way that he has created you to live. And if we're honest, the way that each of us really wants to live, God will empower us to do the things that he has called us to pursue. Um, there's a a couple of years ago, I got a um, little portable pizza oven. I don't know if you guys have seen these things before. It's like this big, and it feels very dangerous. It gets up to like 800 degrees, and it can just sit on my patio table. So it's, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, the first time I got it out of the box, I was super excited um, because I'm always looking for new ways to eat food. And uh, this is a wood-burning pizza oven, and you put these little wood, hardwood pellets in the back of it. You light it on fire. It heats this thing up. It makes like 12-inch pizzas. It heats it up to like 800 degrees. It cooks a pizza in like 45 seconds. I'm not sponsored by them, but if you're watching online, (laughs) I'm open to the conversation. So... uh, but uh, so, I'm, you know, first time out of the box, I'm trying to figure it all out and make sure I don't burn my hand off and all this stuff. And I, I fill kind of the hopper with these wooden pellets and I put the little fire starter in there and it sparks up and this thing is getting super hot. So I'm like, great. So I go, I make the pizza, I bring it back to put it in and the pizza is not cooking like at all. I was supposed to cook in like 45 seconds, but it's not doing anything. I'm trying to figure out what I did wrong and I open it up and all of the wood pellets that I'd put in there had already burned up. And I came to quickly realize I have to continue feeding this thing for this fire to continue going. And the same thing is true in each one of our lives. There's been moments for every single one of us, regardless of how spiritual or non-spiritual you may define yourself, there's been moments for every one of us that has felt a, a closeness or a fire or a burning or a sense of God's presence or goodness in our lives. Every one of us has felt that at some place. And every one of us has at another time kind of wondered like, oh, this doesn't feel hot anymore. This doesn't feel like this fire is burning anymore. I feel empty or dry or things have cooled off or or however we would define it. We have to continue fueling this fire. God's spirit is in us and around us and working through us, and if we don't pay attention and care for it, we can grow just unaware and we can grow distant and disconnected. Second Timothy chapter one says it this way. He says, "This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you." for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear Fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Is it bizarre to you how many times today you've realized that fear and love are constantly pitted against each other in the scripture? The more we can experience the power of God's spirit in our lives, the more we can stand in the confidence of love and it pushes away fear and its effects in our lives. This is what it means when the scripture refers to the Holy spirit as a fire. It is a consuming, powerful, burning thing that yes, burns away brokenness and sins and all these different types of things, but it also burns away fear and its impact and control in our lives. And so what does it look like for us to fuel this fire? There's kind of two different things I want to look at. And do we, I sent those slides late. Do we have those slides, Kristen? Uh, so we've talked about some of these things before. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but if you're taking notes or if you're taking pictures or whatever it is, there's some things here that we can do that can help continue to feed this fire of God's spirit in our lives. They continue to help us stay connected and aware and in tune with the Holy Spirit in our lives The first one is reading through scriptures. Um, This is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. And for me personally, and people are wired different ways, one of the things that gets me the most excited about being a Christian is by reading about the life of Jesus, reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is my favorite. Not that it needs to be your favorite, but if anybody's curious or wants to start somewhere, I love reading the book of Luke. And it is Like for me, there's nothing else in the scripture that gets me excited about living a different way than reading through the gospels. And and it may be that for you, maybe something else. Prayer is something we've talked about before, but for most of us, when we pray, it's like, okay, God, I'm clocking in and I've got my list of requests and then I'm going to clock out and I'm just going to wait for you to do those things. But prayer is, is as much, if not more about listening to God than it is speaking to God. Sure, you can speak and God invites us to give all of our requests to him and to release those over to him. But but when was the last time that in prayer you actually stopped and just listened and waited for God to maybe actually answer you, to talk back to you? Community, being around other people, like-minded people that are circling or living their lives in a way that is kind of moving you towards Jesus. Church on a Sunday is a good thing. A small group is a good thing. Hanging out at the beach with friends is a good thing. All of these are good things. Um, Music, worship music, the songs that we sang earlier today, playing the stuff in your car in the morning. You guys know I love rap music. Um, My day is a little bit different depending on whether I start it with... Rap music or worship music. I don't want to get into all of the details, but let's just say I'm a little bit less angry when I have like Hillsong on in my car in the morning versus Tupac. But uh, they're both great, uh, but you know... Music helps fuel and remind us of these truths of who God is. Nature, for some people, being out in nature, hiking, being out on the water, it is just like this overwhelming grandeur of the power of God. Fasting is one of these things. When you give up something for a specific set of time, it could be food, it could be, you know, all kinds of different things. But when you set something aside, it helps you focus and bring into attention things that you may be kind of numbing or distracting yourself with other things. These are ways to fuel the fire to 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 feed this this awareness and this connection of god's spirit inside of you and as we do that the holy spirit has the ability to burn things away to purify us so yes every one of us has sins things we do things we struggle with and the holy spirit is one of the ways that God uses to help us overcome those things, to actually see things change in our lives, to to live differently, to respond differently. Habits and vices, things that we just kind of go to. A lot of times it's distractions. It's not necessarily an evil thing or a sinful thing. It's just just something that's kind of pulling our attention It burns away fear and timidity. This is the impact of the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives the possible impact, as we fuel the fire, become aware that God lives in us through his spirit. We can do things to stay connected the same way we would do things to stay connected to our spouse. Just because you are married does not mean that you are close with your spouse. You need to do things. I hope you know that. You need to do things to cultivate a close relationship with that person that you are committed to. And the same thing with God, we do things. We, we show up in this relationship, choosing to do things, to build this connection, build an awareness, learn the voice of God's spirit in our own lives. And we experience his power in different ways. The more that we look, look to and lean on God, the less self-conscious and the less fear is a controlling factor in our lives. I wanna close in prayer. Uh, I'm gonna invite the band up and uh, I wanna just, I wanna pray for us and then I just wanna pray specifically for two things. I wanna give you guys a chance. Um, We're gonna have some silence and I I wanna give you guys a chance to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about two things. And this may be the first time you've ever done something like this. And maybe this is something that you do on a regular basis. But I wanna give us an opportunity to practice what we've been talking about. There will be no fire involved, no literal fire involved, but I want to give us some space to listen, to ask and to listen. So if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. God, I pray that in this space that you would speak to us, you would continue speaking to us. I pray that we would be able to push out any sort of Distractions or thoughts about what's to come or what we have later today or later this week, and we would be able just to fully focus on you. God, I pray that your spirit, which we already know is surrounding us and keeping us alive. We talked last week about it's as close as the breath that we take in and it sustains all things. We know you are with us. I pray that we would take a moment to listen, to be aware. And so whether you're here in the room, whether you're watching online, the first thing that I want to invite you to think about and to consider is in your life, I would be willing to bet that each of us has something that is um, a decision or a, a path, a choice, a scenario that we need to to move towards, and we are unsure and probably afraid of maybe picking the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. And I want to invite you to ask God, because I don't know what that is for you, but in your heart, in your mind, just silently to yourself, would you ask God's spirit to give you the confidence to empower you to make the decision and to not let fear decide for you? Just take a few seconds right now, ask God to give you clarity on what that step should be. It doesn't have to be anything weird going on. It doesn't have to be totally driven by emotion. I believe that God is speaking to us. We can slow down enough to listen for some of you, it may sound like very specific words in your heart. For others of you, that may just feel like a sense of clarity on what choice to make, which direction to go. God, I pray that you would give each of us a sense of the power of your love that we stand on and that it would expel fear and anxiety from our hearts and from our minds as we move towards these decisions. The second thing that I want to invite you to, to consider, to pray about, to ask God's spirit to reveal to you, again, um, this is... It doesn't have to be a a big, emotional, or or a weird thing, but just uh, I think each one of us is aware that there are some things or distractions, maybe habits, sin, struggles, that um, are getting in the way of us becoming who we long to be, living life in the fullness of God is the way that Paul wrote it. And I just want to ask, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to each one of us what that area is? What is one thing that we can focus on, that we can move away from, that you're inviting us to to overcome through your strength? God, thank you for loving us deeply. You love us exactly as we are. And it's because of that love that any of us has the opportunity to change, to grow, to be made whole, renewed, restored. God, I pray that as we stand in a sense of confidence of your deep love for us, that there's nothing that can take that or change it, that that would be the place that gives us the power to look some of these scarier things in the face, to battle, to fight against, and to overcome things in our lives that have been struggles for years. It's through the power of your spirit in each one of us, thank you for being with us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said a, a few minutes ago, this may be the first time that you've kind of taken a moment to pray like that. To, to listen to God's spirit. And um, uh, there's so much more of this conversation that can fit on a Sunday morning. Uh, but if there's something in your life that, that you wanna talk about um, or pray more about, uh, I would love to know. You can always write prayer requests on those connect cards. But after service, I'm gonna be in the back corner. We've got a little prayer corner back there. And if any of you wanna come and talk and pray, I, I would love the honor to be able to do that with you. Um, We're gonna sing one more song in just a moment. Every week we have an opportunity to give our tithes and offerings. Um, This is something we believe that God has called us to do. It's a spiritual habit or an action uh, It's a way to uh, a physical action that reminds us of a spiritual truth. And that truth is that we believe God has given us everything we have. Everything is entrusted to us by God. And it's not just for me, but he's calling me to use it in a way that honors him. And, uh, and so as we believe that, when we give, it's a way to remind ourselves that, man, it's not all mine and it's not all for me. I believe that God is my provider and my priority. And so uh, many of you are on that journey um, and taking those steps. And, and if any of you want to start or learn more about what that looks like, please let me know. There's a number of ways to give uh, if you're ready to, to take that step now. Or if you'd like to learn more about it, I'd, I'd love to talk more. Uh, But can we stand to our feet as we give this morning? We're going to sing this last song out together. Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized or maybe even attending a discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa, and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today. And I hope that I get to see you soon.